welcome back to another episode of Church of the Geek. Friends, it is the new year. This is our first episode of 2020. Sam, how is 2020 treating you so far? <laughs> uh, well, I just got back from trying to figure out what's going on with my son's car. So, so far, I'm hoping that things improve from here. Nice. Nice. So the but... uh, the the car um, uh, troubleshooting is um, that is not my that is not my gift. Yeah, it is uh, not mine. Luckily, we have a neighbor down the road who it is truly his gift. So, oh, that's fantastic. So, uh, for those of you who might be new to us, uh, I am Brian Bennett. I'm campus pastor here in Pittsburgh, uh, and uh, Sam is a hospice chaplain here in Pittsburgh as well. Um, but uh, we do have guests with us today. Um, we have Pastor Jennifer Shimoda, a uh, newcomer to the podcast. Jennifer, welcome. Thanks. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? Tell us where you are, what you do. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm Pastor Jennifer Shimoda. I'm the coordinator of seminary enrollment at, get ready for this name, Lutheran Theological Southern Seminary oh. of Lenore Ryan University. That's a big t-shirt to put it, on. It, is a big it goes all the way down the arms. Um, it is uh, a new job for me just this summer. I graduated from here, LTSS, in 2012, and then I was a pastor for six years in North Carolina at a great congregation. And then this summer I got called back here to work here, so I'm delighted. And I'm brand new to this um Geek World invited by Will. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's excellent. And and of course, then also with us, uh, a, a person who really needs no introductions, the Church of the Geek, a good friend of the podcast, Will the Thrill. Uh, Will, welcome back. Uh, hello. It's good to be back. Will the Thrill from Chapel Hill. It is uh, really good to be back on the pod to discuss one of my favorite things in the world which is Star Wars. I'm happy. Oh, wait, is that what we're talking? Yeah. Wait, what are all these notes of mine now about? <sighs> I have pages upon page. I took Jennifer's yeah. lead, seen her on yeah. Facebook. I was like, I got some catching up to do. It's in my head, but I got to make sure I have an outline because Jennifer, Jennifer takes good <laughs> notes. Jennifer takes good notes from what I see. So, uh, you know, Brian, Brian, you and I are um, alums of where Jennifer is. And your class, class yes, of that's correct. What year did you graduate? I'm o three class of two thousand three. Yeah, class of two thousand, and we overlapped by a year or so. And then I believe, yeah, one year you were your senior year right. was my first year. And I don't know yeah. if we connected in the geek world that year. That was kind of a blur. That was kind of my year of like trying to slow things down so I don't have to go out in the real world and get a job. So I goofed around a lot that year. But I, um, I think we we met up on a journey maybe to a national youth gathering of some sort and then, and then kind of bonded say hey yeah you like geeky things i like geeky things uh and then yeah that was 2000 right. 2012 uh we yep. reconnected and then um david and i had started the podcast actually not all that longer about another year later and then um we had just kept yeah. connecting so yeah yeah, that brought cool. it all the way around. So, but yes, LTSS—it's a very imaginative name for a seminary. 
um, <laughs> being a Lutheran seminary in the South. So, you know, yeah. it's still that German practicality from the way back when. That is the name. What's, why, why should we name anything else? I love, I love my seminary. It was a good experience. It was a good good four years. And I'm glad Jennifer is there to keep things uh, yeah. going right and keeping them on the right path of Christendom and Lutheranism. So thanks. thanks. Yes, that's why they yep. called me. I'm glad you're yes. there. And now, and I, and I love that Jennifer's part of this geek conversation because Jennifer, I'd like for you to share just a little bit about uh, kind of your, your history because you saw kind of watched from the distance, some geeky conversations around the Marvel universe and the history of Marvel universe and those kinds of things. And then you kind of did a deep dive with the, with the Marvel movies. And then um, you jumped on board with the star Wars uh, deep dive. And so uh, share briefly kind of your inspiration of why you did that. And then like what you've gotten out of it, like what, what, why, why are you doing this? Okay, um, I will be brief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it starts with right. confession uh, that I I truly uh, just stayed away from the geek world as a teenager in college. After that, I just never jumped in. Maybe I brought my kids to see Iron Man because everybody was seeing it sort of thing, but only ever saw those movies as a one-off. I did not know really anything about the universe. I knew that they came from comic books perhaps. And, but anyway, I just sort of stood at a distance wondering um, how in the world people could be so into this stuff. And so that was very, um, you know, that judgy McJudgerson um, from far away. You judge things you know nothing about, right? You, You got no information on it and you make sweeping judgments about big groups of people. So um, it's not a point of pride, but it's true. And uh, then I met Will, and we were chatting about things, and he would start talking <laughs> about uh, Star Wars or whatever, and I'd say, oh, it's I don't know anything about that, but you guys chat. I'll go find another group or something. We'd be at a conference. And he said, no. And I said, it's too late. There's too the uni- there, there are many universes and uh, they are deep and thick and there are a thousand characters and motivations and I will never, ever be able to jump in anyway. <laughs> and um, Will was always very um, kind about, <laughs> about that. And then I watched him on social media share things about the sort of grit, uh, the gritty theological stuff that you could find in these these universes and characters and motivations. And so when he posted um, a calendar that he had not made, but he just posted a calendar that said, if, if you want to see Endgame on April 26th, then watch each of these movies in this order, one a night, um, so that you're all caught up. And I commented below and said, is this really a good order? <laughs> and he said... Well, <laughs> you could argue about or whatever. And so I said, no, no, no. If I watch them in this order, and I'm not doing them one a night, but if I watch them in this order, will I be less lost? And he said, yeah. So um, I did that. And then I got to go see Endgame with my friends at a conference that we had a few months later. Um, and it was 
theologically so thick and interesting. And I don't know what I thought you guys were watching. I don't know why. I I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting really good narratives with interesting dynamic characters. I don't know why. So, uh, so, so I dug into that and that was great. Um, and then this fall with this last, well, last with quotation marks, um, Star Wars-y thing, um, I thought, okay, well, this one's not that many. This is nine. Uh, it means eight, right? I just need to watch eight. And then people said, well, you need to watch Rogue One and you should probably <laughs> see Solo. <laughs> so it got a little longer. Um, but um, yeah, but great. still uh, far less yeah, than the yeah, MC. About half, like yes, 10 exactly. hours. Way less, like, oh, 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 only 11. It was also much more uh, more in my field. Like, I knew these characters more somehow through through the years. Um, I didn't know there was an Ant-Man, like, you know, before this thing. So, but I did know about Vader, et cetera. So, so that's my... Exactly. uh, That's how I'm... Strange to be sitting right here, but here I am. Well, you know, I, you know, I gotta say that that's really, that's a great story because I feel like that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> we will get to Star Wars. I promise everybody we will get there, but I really feel like, right. Um, it was Will's continued invitation. Yep. It's like, no, 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 really. This is no, come in, 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 come in and sit down. Yeah. Right. Is, is so important for, we want to talk about church, talk about life of faith, et cetera. Like, yeah, evangelism. Just to be continually welcoming and open and geek, just saying, geek evangelism. Oh, this is for geek you too. evangelism. You know, so, that's, that's awesome. That, that constant invitation. You got to yeah, spread the word. You got to spread the word. Um, but one of my favorite stories too, uh, not to go on a tangent either, just to be quick, but but Jennifer, at when she had like watched these movies, these Marvel movies, like she like was on the way. I like the story, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jennifer. You're like on the way to a confirmation retreat at Lutheridge. <laughs> And there are some youth having conversations about these movies and you chimed right in and they're like, what pastor Jen, like you, (laughs) you watch these things. What do you think? What's your idea? And you were able to just like hop right in to what they are talking about and dissect it with them, process it with them, think critically about these, these movies and and have some touchstones that, that are doorways into uh, theology and how we see the life of faith was really Kind of what Church of the Geek does, uh, Theocon, what I do with God Loves Geeks here in our, our congregation and the panels at, at Comic-Con's a big part of are using these as doors and windows to open up a larger world of, of how we can see faith and theology as a part of our lives. Uh, and that's really what, what story, fiction, science fiction help us do, help us process the big questions that we're all wrestling with. So uh, really cool and glad Jennifer is a part of it. Yeah. And um, 10 more seconds on that one gentle thing that happened during that conversation was they knew I was Mm -hmm. getting to (laughs) Dr. Strange pretty soon. And they warned me, they said, it's kind of hard to watch. It's kind of scary. And it's just, uh, there's just a lot of he's upset inside his own self and he can't, and they were just being really careful with me that that this one might be hard to watch or this one might hurt. Which tends to be the most kind of <laughs> so like faith, was, spiritual uh, movie of the Marvel universe. If you ask me, like the most over religious spiritual movie 
in those movies. But but yeah, anyway, that's good. That's cool that they took pastoral care of your soul as you view these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is the point where I will give our listeners the standard spoiler <laughs> warning. We are going to talk about details of the films. Um, if you have not seen <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker and you care about not having the film spoiled for you these several weeks later, hit, hit pause. Then please come back later. Stop now. <laughs> go watch the movie and then come back. That would that would be a reference. So, um, <laughs> we've lost like all three of our listeners. <laughs> yep. Okay. There we go. All right. There you go. I suspect there my mom go. probably listens and she won't care. <laughs> so she'll just keep listening. But no. Um, all right. So here we are, episode nine, the mm. the end of the saga. That started in 1977 that I saw on uh, an afternoon with my dad who never goes to the movies. Uh, we, he took me to get my hair cut and then to see the movie and my world was mm-hmm. changed. But anyway, um, here we are uh, some uh, yeah. 42, 43 years later, right? Boom. Yeah, and right. that's that's my history too, Brian. Like the, my, this, so. in terms of all this, we talked about this wide, deep and wide universe of, of geekdom and uh, Star Wars was my entry point. I mean, as a five-year-old going to see the first film that happens to be episode four, but the first film in 77, that was what clicked for me and really kind of my first memory of having my imagination open to what are the possibilities uh, in and around this universe in terms of, of pretending, of playing, of imagination. All those things were open to me. It's my first time I really kind of can remember Oh yeah, let's let's play and pretend that we can be these characters and heroes and and kind of process life through this science fiction. It blew me away. So that it was kind of my first love when it comes to anything geeky uh, that's out there in the world. Mm-hmm. All right, I just I, I you're right. I mean, it's it, it's it is pretty amazing. It has been a cultural. Mm-hmm. S- sort of touchstone for a lot of people. Um, but here it is. Here's the end. So <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> Way to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, right. Well, we're just say... starting right there because I, I almost wish this, we, yeah. had, we were recording I, this I'll just say that I loved us. It. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay. Get to the nuance parts of it and then even kind of the Disney trilogy and kind of where the process is. But I, I happen to love it, and it hit all the right notes for me personally, probably because of what I bring to that particular movie. But I'll let other people speak as well as we kind of get into the nuance and minutia of it. Yeah. Sam, Sam, it's, what about I, you? I liked it. There were several points in the movie where I sort of paused and went, you know, kind of raised an eyebrow and went, what? And in terms of just something not making sense or not catching on to what was going on. Like, for example, um, I think like the entire, the, the frozen uh, (laughs) final order fleet that um, 
suddenly has, you know, crew on them from where? <laughs> that was the thing. Uh, that was one of the, they. They went from talking about oh, we'll get crew to we have a fully functioning crew and they're taking off and you know shooting things. Um, and the whole and I'm sure we could talk a lot about the whole uh, Ray Palpatine <laughs> connection. Um, oh, as, we will. You know, it, did that make sense, or was it, or was that the the best way to end her to to kind of fill her story in? Um, I've been listening to some other you know folks talk about that, and is a wide variety, wide range of uh, responses to that. But over, I think I would like to go see it again. I think it's one of those things that I think my taste will adjust over time. One, I think it it, it throws a lot at mm. you, really from the get-go there's not like a there's not like a that slow entry kind of like um you know even return of the jedi or empire strikes back where it's you know we're setting the scene where here's our characters it's just wham here you know throwing you in to that and that throws you into this and then we're on speeders and then we're in this new place and so light speed skipping yes. you know we're gonna light speed. we're gonna hit hyperdrive from the very i remember like the first 20 minutes i turned and looked at my daughter hannah and said like um oh man this is like just full out hyper space we're going and i said oh well we're just gonna have fun i'm just all right we're just gonna go is this what we're doing we're on for a ride strap in put on your seatbelt and she's like yep so we even like looked at each other at one point we're like wow i'm exhausted and i'm 20 minutes into this yeah. all right i'm just gonna <laughs> We're going to keep going. If I just take another sip of my Diet Coke and go. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, with you having watched everything right up to this and then jumping in, what did, what did you, what did you think? Um, I, I had to go see it twice because, and I'm so fascinated to hear that you do too. I mean, I just, yeah. uh, that there was so much. Cause I was, I watched them all in a row and then, I watched this one and it posed a bunch of questions to me that I asked some friends like Will and Matthew and different people, um, like what, um, what about this motivation or why, why are they doing that? And, and then they <laughs> would come back to me with things I didn't understand about which director was doing yeah. episode <laughs> and that this was sort of a renouncement of this other episode or whatever. And I don't, I don't know anything about that. Um, I was, I was waiting for this one to start with a little boy with a broom from the end of the number. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't even there. And so, um, but I did, I went to go see it twice and it was way better the second time because of that. For me, I just, uh, don't know. Um, all the you were oriented enough yeah. to what you didn't have the big shock of like, I was expecting this. I got that. And yeah. And then a lot of okay. people. It, you were oriented. Now you could watch it again for detail kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just really was, uh, I was one, like, uh, um, I guess we haven't really talked that much about the actual plot yet. I just feel like I'm so careful about spoilers right now. <laughs> oh, like, well, I guess, don't worry about it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. But I was like, not going to say something anyway. Um, yeah. So like there's a spy in the first order and, that wasn't very well, like, all we know is he just 
he doesn't care who wins. He just wants Kylo Ren to lose. Mm-hmm. But there's not enough behind that. Mm-hmm. There's, but he's so pivotal. Like, it's a big deal. Uh, anyway, so there were. I also used to be an English teacher, so I know I'm looking at this just literary device wise. And, and you no, know, no, please do because trust me, there's a lot here that I I had a lot of issues yeah. with. So go ahead. So, but there were so there were literary devices that I loved, like. All the people who keep saying, not just in this episode, they say, I know what I have to do. They say it over, I mean, C-3PO practically says it in this one, but, um, you know, Kylo Ren says it a couple of times to a couple of different people and doesn't know if he has the strength to do it, but he says that. And um, Leia says, I know what I have to do. I mean, it's a great... um, pulls you through this refrain of people knowing what they have to do. And that thing is always hard. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I Yeah. I saw it more than, than once. So I saw it, I saw it three times and each time I loved it. And there were certain things once I could settle in the second time, you kind of settle in. I'm like, I know where the story's going to go. I'm just going to enjoy the small moments, the big moments and look for the minor details or, or little things they're trying to do. And the third time I took my parents, which was just a hoot. Um, like my, my dad who never sees movies, he was like, um, I feel like I could put this on like, you know, like Ro- Rolling Stone says, Oh, must see movie variety today says, Oh, you can't miss this one. And then I, I feel like my dad's critique was 70 year old curmudgeon says, I didn't know what was going on, but I was entertained. That was his <laughs> review. Uh, and, and then, and then my mom was that's, like, Oh, I love these characters. Great. And, Who's that woolly guy? And I was like, Chewbacca. She was like, Oh, I'm so glad he didn't die. I'm like, Yeah, me too, Mom. Me, me too, Mom. And we're, we're all right there. Yeah. Uh, we went we went and saw um uh Rise of Skywalker out in Kansas City when we were out there with with family. And uh, we went with uh my my mother in law and father in law. And we were kind of like, You don't really have to go to this because we knew it was going to be a lot of who is this and what are they doing and why are they doing that? Mm-hmm. And so they like they they talk to each other a good chunk of the movie in terms of like you know who was doing what or whatever but it was funny because i am absolutely sure that my mother-in-law was the only one knitting during (laughs) the uh the entire movie so (laughs) so good and and i do think that this movie needs to be set in the context of the the newer trilogy of disney because i do think like in terms of the force awakens there was so much hype and so much it just it it yeah it was a retread there's a lot of recycled beats but it, it kind of brought the fan base back to say yeah this is what we love about star wars and then the the last jedi there there i saw that movie three times as well in the theater and each time the stuff that i loved i loved more the stuff that i didn't like or was disappointed or um angry about I got more angry or more disappointed. So it, it was a very divisive movie for me, but it broke me in a way that it kind of tore down my expectations and let me kind of do a do a gut check of how much emotional energy I'm putting into Star Wars and what it matters or not. So it kind of, it did, it wasn't a bad thing. It, it it broke me in a way that said, dude, just relax. What are you, what are you investing in this? And so I was, after that, movie i was able to relax a little bit and go 
into solo and say, I'm just going to have fun with this. I'm not going to nitpick it. And I had fun. And so this movie, I had the same thing. I was like, I'm glad JJ is back. I love him as a director and as a person and what he does uh, as a whole. And um, I'm just going to have fun with this. And so, yeah, I definitely can nitpick with the plot holes, but I think I just went in with the expectation. I'm going to have fun. And and it hit all the right notes for me. And I did have fun. Each time I had fun. And the parts that I got choked up or got teary-eyed in, I, I still did the third time I saw it because it hit that emotional chord with me. So that's kind of where I am with the movie. Yep. All right. Well, I I have to say, I think it asked, mm-hmm. it asked an awful lot. Um, because... After The Last Jedi, everything was set up for this whole sort of democratization of the Force, right? The little boy uh, using the Force for the broom. Uh, and I am and I'm, I am one who will suspend my disbelief, but man, there were, there was, this was, this was, this was a lot. Um, uh, and it, so part of me felt like Abrams set out to completely undo much of what Ryan Johnson did in The Last Jedi. Right. And for me, I could only hear that as, as sort of an endorsement of all of the toxic fanboys uh, response that came out after that movie. Like, so like, for instance, right. See also sidelining of Rose in this she movie. She got Jar Jar. Just. She, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. got Jar Jar. That's perfect. Uh, and I just, I, I really feel like part of that is so like there was not a single vision across this trilogy mm-hmm. across seven, eight, nine. Cause we had JJ and then Ryan Johnson. And then we had Colin Trevorrow, but then he got axed because he was making Daisy Ridley cry about what he was going to do with, with Ray. And so creative differences, JJ's back. Right. And it was just, okay. Like now the, the force is, is used as an even bigger sort of hand wavy plot stuffer, yeah. right? Oh, I have a force feeling. healing, you know, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and uh, just yeah, I, I for the life of me, I can't understand why why Disney. I guess they were kind of in a hurry to get their money back from what they gave Lucas, but in terms of like, I don't know why they just didn't sit in a room and say, "Let's hammer out a trilogy." It fits together. It, it was like a game of telephone or gossip where like, I'll tell my part and then I'll pass it to you and you tell your part and like, oh, well, we need to course correct or do this direction or we missed some points. Let's go back to the here. So I, I don't know why they, they didn't do that. But I will say for me, The Rise of Skywalker made the other movies better. Like I like The Last Jedi better after seeing this one because of some of the things they did and that, whether it's with Luke or Ray or some what they did with the force um even the force awakens I think when it comes to kind of I know there are people disappointed I, I did like in the last Jedi that Ray um it would seem that she was a nobody and and a nobody can have access to the the force that it's open to any and everyone be a little boy at the broom to uh, a scavenger on a planet uh, another desert planet but i but I think they move that while she is in kind of this legacy character bloodline of, of Palpatine, I do think what they've done with Finn, that they've moved it over 
to Finn and, and Jana and her crew that they've said, I think they're, they're touching into this, like maybe they are force sensitive, that they are the ones. And that if you think of force awakens, the force awakens, it wasn't just Ray that awakened with the force. It was Finn too, that something happened within him that was awakened to where he now, his feelings, his trust, his, the way he uses the lightsaber, the way he feels a connection with, with Ray and others is that he has a force connection. And therefore that's open to anyone and everyone that he's the, the everyday person that has access to that. Yeah. Right. So, right. It's what we tell all of our kids. Anybody mm-hmm. can grow up to become the president of the United States. And they don't say though, but it really helps <laughs> right. if you're a Bush or a Clinton or a Kennedy. So I don't know. Yeah, I, like um, I, I really wanted her to just be nobody. Um, and so, you know, uh, just that was, it was a, it was a rough moment, but so, um, Jennifer, name me, tell me something that you really liked, um, about the movie. Well, I, I really truly entered these universes <laughs> with a theological intention, right? I, mean, I, I really did. And Good. so yep. I don't, and I don't, until this fall, I haven't been a part of this universe. So it's not like I've read these things about these directors or that somebody was making Daisy cry or like, I literally don't know any of those things. <laughs> and so I'm just watching the story and the, the, uh, the claim on someone's life uh, of who you actually are and who other people try to mm. tell you that you are is it's so That's good. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, it's just um, Palpatine says to Ray, "Don't be afraid of who you are," um, and he has no idea what he's talking about. I mean, he he thinks he does. He's you know he's saying that, that you have this lineage, you have you share this DNA, and you know you you're part of the dark side. And all we've seen of her is that that's just not true. <laughs> and then she, I, th- I felt like the last two words of the entire saga was a baptism. Like she just says, they say, who are you? And she says, Ray <laughs> Skywalker. <laughs> like, it's like, I know who I am and I'm a part, I'm not part of the dark side. And people have tried to make this claim uh, physically and emotionally on me. And it's not true. And it's funny that Leia says the same thing to her. Don't be afraid of who you are. Exactly. So they, they have these two sides telling her yeah. the same thing. Um, and who does she listen to in that? You know. Yeah, I actually at my my first gut wrenching or my gut wrenching upon hearing that uh, Ray Skywalker, I I didn't like it. But on on further reflection, I'm really cool oh. with it. And in fact, I I like it even more. Um, that. Um, we're not bound up by where we come from or anything that there is this freedom for us to, to choose from. And I think, I think you're right. I think this notion, that notion of baptism is a great point, right? We, our, our identity yeah. changes from, and, from a nobody to a child of God. Yeah. Yeah. It's just building upon that, that whole, 
water scene. You know, I don't, I don't love the <laughs> yeah. Rise of Skywalker just because Ray went surfing. Although it's pretty cool as a surfer watching those waves. It's like cool. I want to go there. I want to go to there. But but their whole battle on a destroyed Death Star, jumping and flipping over water and water swishing all around, very reminiscent of. In the prequels, when Anakin was had the low ground and this lava where he was torn down in lava, now the kind of juxtapose you have this very similar scene, except now with water. And it's in that water that Ray's wrestling with who she is. You have mm. uh, Ben, who is just literally, or Kylo, who's literally dripping with water, is called out by his name, by his dad, who shares with him that his, yeah, your mother's gone, but what she stood for isn't. And he is literally healed uh, by the force with water dripping off his body. And and for me, I was just sitting there going, oh, as a Lutheran, who, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is bad. And I know J.J. Abrams is, is Jewish, and I don't know if he intends it to be some baptism imagery, but I, I think those tropes of renewed and healing and washing is um, – it's just right there that that was so powerful for me that I got emotional all three times in that in that spot of this kind of who am I going to be? Um, and so so Kylo reclaims his his name and who he is, where Ray is scared. And she, she has to go back and go to the same place where Ghost Luke is and rediscover kind of who she is and what she's about and about her backstory being coached along by by her Jedi master. So. Um, that was really powerful for me in terms of identity and, and baptismal sacramental theology. Yeah, I did like I did like the scene on the uh, the the wreckage of the of the Death Star there with mm. uh, Ben. I didn't and see that coming. Mm-hmm. That was because it was such it was such a callback to Episode Seven, mm. and it was it yep. was the unbreaking right. of that. Yeah. So now it was, it was beautiful. No, and I and I really uh, appreciated the fact that um, you know that both uh, Kylo Ren and uh, Ray, you know, had to had to die. You know, they had went through their own not only their own baptism but their own uh, death and healing and resurrection by each other's hands um, before Ray could eventually come back and you know claim claim her name basically yeah my one of my daughters was like yeah it's called the rise of skywalker there's a lot of rising in this movie there was a yeah. lot of rising i'm like yeah they named it appropriately like they even picked that up they're like yeah there's a lot of rising going on. yeah i kind of i i had to chuckle at the end of it whenever you know they went back and i was like how many times are they going to do this <laughs> because, you know, like okay raise dead and or, or kylo's down and ray saves her and ray's down and kylo saves her like this is going to go on for a long time i think yeah but uh well so here's here's my one thing though about all of the dying and rising and right i felt like the stakes were really low then yeah for the movie right oh my god chewie's dead no nope, yeah. he's not oh my god c3 3po lost all his memories no nope, he didn't um you know i just it, it was it was uh in terms of narrative it just but there were two deaths. I felt like those moments. Yeah, I agree. It was kind of all well. that. That was like we're going to play with your emotions and think this happened. No, it's not. So it kind of takes away from the impact. But 
Leia's yeah. death we knew was coming because we know that um, Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul, is this. So they're right. gonna. Yeah. They, we knew they were gonna kill her off somehow. But but Ben at the end, um, I did not see that one. I kind of guessed like maybe, but yeah, she's dead. Are they gonna kill her? That whole play. Who are they gonna kill in this moment? Who's gonna last? Who's not? Was playing with my emotions because I didn't know. I was like, ah, I guess one of them has to go. This kind of Romeo Juliet kind of thing. Um, but mm-hmm. are they both gonna? Go, and then their legends gonna live on that that played with me so i didn't um didn't necessarily see that come but i it, it worked for me there at the end finally yeah i could see where where that where that went with that i'm curious jennifer in terms of what you saw seeing that you binged this thing <laughs> i was i was trying kind of making my own little comparison to um I remember like like a few years ago, our church did this thing where you read the Bible in 90 days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The entire, you know, from cover to cover, you do the Bible in <laughs> Bible 90 days. Plan. And it's, you, uh, you just race through yeah. the thing. And there, there's, there's the criticism, valid criticism of like, well, what can you possibly get out of, you know, depth in terms of reading it in, you know, 90 days? And the answer is pretty much none. But when you have those things, coming up so close together the the themes and so on that you may you may not have noticed spread out over time because of just the compression of time you notice these themes show up um in scripture maybe more than you had and so i'm kind of curious given the time compression that that you had you know what themes did you see that ran through the whole uh the whole series uh um, I think that what's, what's compelling to me, that's probably, probably through the whole series, I'd have to think about that, but is this persistent promise of everything. So like the bad guy is always going to get everything, the whole, all the galaxies, not just this one or whatever. I mean, it's this, this promise of everything, or even people say like Luke, says to Ray and probably other times, uh, like you have everything you need. So this word everything is, I think I would, if I went back and watched them all again, I would probably be looking for these huge claims or promises um, or temptations or whatever. Um, It's never that you get to be the commander of this ship or you get to be the whatever. It's always everything. It's all the power it's um so that that sort of bubbled to the top um with me and um i i told will that uh i grew up in madagascar when i was a a girl and when we came back to the u.s the first movie i saw in the theater was star wars (laughs) which um so it was very interesting to and then up until now, really, maybe I'd seen one with a youth group or like literally, I don't, I don't know. And so I actually watched them 42 years apart. And so hmm. when, you know, they're having this festival there and they say, oh yeah, we only have this every 42 years. And I was like, oh, that's cute. That was a nice little um, <laughs> ring to that. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> so I think the other th- um thing that comes at least definitely with the Darth Vader, the Anakin character is that um, 
when we're scared that we can't control things like our mom um, being safe or whatever, or our, or our, the woman we're falling in love with and going to have babies with, um, uh, you know, we can use our, our, our power. Uh, it, we can be pretty short-sighted about um, goodness or in this case, light or, um, and so, I mean, he, he wants to protect people. That's why he says, well, I'm just going to use my power and nothing's ever bad is going to happen to people I love ever again. That's not a bad thing to say. I mean, want, Mm -hmm. Um, but in the grand scheme of life and power, um, it, it turns out in the end, um, it's not better and it's, and it doesn't even serve him in the end. He, uh, I loved the scene. Now this is not nine, but I loved the scene when, um, at, at Darth Vader's death, um, when he says, uh, you're, uh, Luke says, you're coming with me. I'm going to save you. And he says, you already did. And, um, there's just, you can have, I think I put on Facebook, it seems like the whole theme of this whole saga is it's never too late to go home. There's just, you know, you can just how far away from home, if home is love and light is Kylo Ren Uh and, and he still can come home. So I, I, there are parts of it that I loved and I actually don't have, like I said, I don't have all of um, the investment of, uh, of a lifetime of waiting for the next one to come out and wondering they're going to do what they're going to do. So, so the directorial choices and stuff just don't kind of um, jab me the way that they understandably jab at you guys. But, um, but that theme across the whole saga um and then actually the very last two words she claims her home right i mean it really is about home so yeah well well said i think that's that's great it's perfect mm-hmm. yeah i feel like you start talking about that right all i can hear right then is the is the is luke 15 and the uh mm-hmm. so called prodigal son and um like it's the it's the end that I think the parable is is sort of unfinished. Um, but it's the here's the mm-hmm. the midrash on Luke. And, and I think also so too with the movie talks about is in terms of Ray. I think I heard an interview with J.J. Abrams talked about yeah, uh, it's a horrible thing to hear that you're a nobody. Uh, but he wanted to say, is it even more horrible to find out that you come from the bloodline of the most evil thing imaginable? And so then what do you do? Then what do you do with that? And so that's where mm. he was trying to take Ray. And I, I think Ryan Johnson, you know, in Killing Snoke, maybe a little too early, they kind of had to scramble and say, well, who's going to be the big baddie in the next one? What's behind all, all that? But I think going home for many people like the prodigal son, there may be others out there who can't go home. Maybe they're rejected by their parents because of their sexuality, or maybe they're rejected because of other things. But in terms of, there, it doesn't have to be bloodline. There are those, whether it's those in the church or or a loving creator that welcomes us regardless of your bloodline, regardless of your family lineage. That that family and friends come from 
you know, those who love and, and welcome you and that you always have a place here. So I think her claiming Skywalker is a very powerful moment of, uh, yeah, I'm not going to claim literally the devil as my granddad. I'm going to claim the Skywalker lineage that I'm a part of this family that did welcome me despite of who I was. It's a good, that's a good mm-hmm. question. Would you rather be from a nobody or would you rather be descended from the evilest person <laughs> ever conceived known in history? <laughs> right. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. And, and another thing in terms that's of cool. battling fear, like uh, Jennifer helps me think about, yeah, you're they're wrestling with coming home, but there's also a fear that goes with So Anakin's turn is this fear of losing loved ones or, or, or losing more people. And then the line that Luke says in this movie to Ray is, is battling fear is the destiny of the Jedi. So we all get afraid, but how, what do we do with that fear? What do we do with that emotion? Where do we channel it? Do we use it? Do we embrace it? Do we turn from it? Uh, it's that, that line stuck with me in the course of this movie that hasn't been said before. Yeah. You, um, Yoda and training Luke on Dagobah is what you bring with yourself. Fight your feelings. Don't do this. Don't do that. Fight your fear. Embrace your fear. All these temptations. But Luke is like, hey, this whole legacy of the Jedi is is this battle of fear. And, and eventually it comes around where the rebellion, the small band of rebels, becomes not a navy, as they said, General Pride, which I love that Pride literally exploded. You have... Um, you know, they don't have a navy. Well, yeah, it's just people, and they've come together, to battle fear, and, and to mm-hmm. to do what's right. So that that was a cool arc for me as well. Yeah, that was sort of the cloud mm. of witnesses, right? That was just like out of out of nowhere. Um, um, you thought you were alone, and you're not. Yeah, yeah. Ray Ray opens up like, by saying, say. "Are you with me? Are you with me? Are are you with?" Yeah, be yeah, with be, me, be with right. me. And then it, yeah. I guess they're not with me. And then she goes off. But then at the end, man, she hears his voice. The cloud of witnesses is there. They are with her. And there's kind of a line a couple of times that says, uh, like the uh, first order, uh, They, oh no, they say the first order wins by convincing uh, you that you're alone, yeah. but you're not yeah. alone. And that to me, made the ending a bit of a, a bit of a puzzle because you know the final scene is ray back on tatooine staring off into the sunset uh, with with bb8 or droid and it seemed like so much of that you know the story was you know precise was about the fact that you're not alone that you you know you're going through this with uh your your companions your friends those that you love you know the scene where you know i thought you know one of the more touching scenes was when ray and poe and finn just all get together and they're you know just weeping on one another's shoulders um afterwards but then it does seem like ray kind of moves away from that and goes to you know like I, I felt like why is she on this desert, deserted planet now with her robot because you wait you're underestimating a droid well that's true yes 
Card first cardinal sin. <laughs> oh, I love that. Anyway. I take it all back. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just remember. <laughs> that. I'm, I'm not saying that. I, and I probably sometimes I might prefer to be so good. on a desert planet with a droid <laughs> <laughs> that I can. That beeps at me, yeah. Or at least with my dog. Hey, Ray can still just be an introvert, okay? Yeah. Don't make her go out with with the you know the whole crew. Come on, I know she needs she needs some alone time. But you notice that she drove. What landed on the planet wasn't the X-wing, her or Luke's X-wing, where he was like, "Hey, we can just bury this thing again in the sand." She didn't bury the mm-hmm. X-wing; she buried the lightsabers. Um, but she was she she drove to the planet with BB-8 at the Falcon, which means that she, for me, mean that she was just going to retire and and kind of hole up in Uncle and Aunt's old house on Tatooine. But there, she went to do something specific to bury something, and that her life is out there. She's going to go back out on on the Falcon and bring that back to Chewie or whoever that it wasn't necessarily then. So while it is the end of the saga, <coughs> it's not necessarily yeah. the end of the story. Uh, right. 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 No, I think that's, I think that's true. I think there's plenty of places where um, other movies or Disney plus series can um, pop in. Can go with it. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. one of those, I mean, yeah. two of those would be Rose because mm-hmm. I, I feel she needs, she deserves better treatment than um, basically being assigned yeah. to scuttle work with the general. Um, and the other one, which I was really – like this only came out – I saw this only afterwards, that uh, Jana is Lando's daughter. Yeah, yeah it was kind of insinuated and – yeah. Well, but it's it's been it has been confirmed. It was mild. It's been confirmed. Yeah, it has been confirmed. Like, why not um, an actual just boop phrase thrown in there? Mm-hmm. Just something. Isn't it odd that in this universe, no one knows knows who their children are? <laughs> and that, that, that's stolen. kind of an honest question. I mean, you no one knows who their parents are for real. No one knows who their children are. <laughs> in in a you know where a major theme of the the series is about family and who you are and either growing into who you are or overcoming you know the 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 family name the family curse the family uh whatever um but there's right. so much mystery around you know the main characters and who who they are and where they come from. Yeah, I thought for sure like Lando was going to break the fourth wall and look at the camera and go, "Hey, let's find out." Coming to you next fall on <laughs> Disney Plus. Yeah. I thought for sure. <laughs> like the second time, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's such a setup." <laughs> I thought for sure he's going to break the fourth wall and say, "Come next." Well, fall. I was. Did I miss Disney something, Plus. or do we not? I'm wondering. Um, so who's Ray's father, right? Um, there seems like a big gate. I mean, she's a grand. Yeah, there's a, there's a hole. Right. So that, but that hole to me is like Disney saying, we'll tell you in the summer of 22 or something. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it was implied that she, her parents are, or her dad was the son of Palpatine. 
and that he rebelled and went a different Right, but that's a whole movie right there. The fact mm-hmm. that he rebelled. Oh, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a book. It's a yeah. comic book. It's a special on Disney Plus or another movie they, they can definitely build upon. I mean, uh, Star Wars has always had these gaps. Even, I mean, the first one, A New Hope, episode four, we knew it started in the middle because it said episode four. Like, what? Where? What happened before? What's happening? Um, but, but that's a self-contained movie. He didn't know he was going to make a sequel. He didn't know if it was going to be a success or not. Um, but even in those little gaps of talking about the Clone Wars or Luke's father, wow, wouldn't it be cool to see a movie about that one day? Um, kind of the, for me, I've, I've come to understand that the light side of the force with Star Wars is this kind of like just a joy and wonder of possibilities of adventure that can happen in a galaxy far, far away. But the dark side is, is the temptation to fill in the gaps with my own story. And then if they don't tell that story, then I get angry and outraged. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, so how, where, where I'm tempted to like, I wrote this whole story about the clone wars or raise parents in my head. And what you didn't write it the way I see it. Oh, and in, JJ said that in an interview too about, you know, I know there's going to be people outraged because I didn't tell the story they wanted or they're going to love the story we tell. And he goes, you know what? They're both right. Um, they're all fans. Let, let them feel what they want to feel. It's kind of what we do and the emotional energy we put in these stories. So I'm, I'm trying to lean more into the light side of, all right, I'm going to let it be open to this galaxy of adventure. And yeah, there are plot holes. It'd be cool to see these things fleshed out. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Maybe they will and I won't like it or whatever. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Which, I mean, and that, got, that leads into the, the whole notion of the dark side as being about controlling the things that you can't control. Mm-hmm. Being death and other people and, you know, plot lines of movies that you don't have any, <laughs> yeah. you know, any, any way of buying into. But, but if you are able to let go of the story and your expectations um, and just let it be what it is without, you know, forcing it into the box that you feel like it should be in, right. um, it's much more freeing for you and, as well as letting letting the the story and the and the narrative stand on its own, as opposed to what you think it should be, which it ultimately will collapse under. Yeah. Did any of you cry during the movie? Were you moved to tears, or was it you're not as invested? <laughs> I'm curious about. It. I've been asking my friends to get what. Well, if you did, what was the emotional points, or what? What were you moved by? Whether it was tears or just kind of gut wrenching stuff. We already talked about kind of the Ben Kylo arc and, and Ray stuff. Was there anything else? No tears here. Hmm. I had no tears, but I had I have one the 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 C three PO moment where he talks about taking one last look at at his friends, mm-hmm. I thought was very poignant and kind of spoke back to all of the films prior. Yeah, that's um, good. That, that's I wish I hadn't seen that in a trailer. I wish I had not yeah, seen it. Yeah, I know. I saw it, it kind of blew that out, you know, but it was, <laughs> it was still a, it was still a good moment. I really um, appreciated that. Jennifer, what about you? I, you I wasn't, moved? I don't think I actually shed a tear, but I was responding to uh Kylo, well, Kylo Ren, but really I think I was responding to Ben 
I ha- mm. I'm the mother of an adult son. And so when I see this um, so far away from home and he keeps getting humiliated, he is on his knees in front of Palpatine and Palpatine says to Ray, well, I had to do this because I knew he couldn't do it. I mean, uh. it, he's over and over. He's, uh, he's embarrassed and humiliated even when he's, somebody says, or, or he says, I gave you everything. Um, and it's still not enough. And I didn't like the trajectory of his life, but as a person who made choices and everything he gave, it just wasn't enough. And he just kept, he was just being humiliated. And that was very moving to me. And I think it was mostly moving to me as a, as a mother um, Mm. to just, I mean, he's wrong, but, but he's still in pain. And and I do like that his arc, when he eventually shows back up on that Sith planet, um, he has a different posture and swagger. Like even he jumps and lands on the big chain. He's like, ouch, you know, and then he has a swagger about himself. He gets past the lightsaber and he kind of, flexes shrugs. in a different way shrugs and yeah. it, it looks like the Han shrug yeah it's really kind of cool to see how he act. man he did a good job acting that movie driver was yeah. like he he's a superstar in that in that whole arc but like his his swagger and with his name change was noticeable to me especially the second third time i saw it for me for me what here the the one thing that got me was watching chewy's reaction to leia's death when he just goes to his knees and he's just like swatting at people to like get off me um that 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 really got me even the third time i was like oh i don't even know what's coming and then him being handed um han's medal that leia was holding at her death ah was so so good and I know people are like, oh, this fanboy Chewie gets a medal because he didn't get one way back when. Um, but the fact that it was possibly Han's medal that Leia was holding when she died was, was really cool. And I've, I've heard of some, uh, some folks, uh, one other podcast I listened to that um, a guy was talking about, and he, he teared up on the podcast talking about how you know, relating as a dad, you know, with Han Solo um, and how, you know, what he wished his, his relationship would be like with his father um, and his own relationship with his son and, you know, hoping that he could connect with his son, wondering in knowing how hard that is at times, you know, when they, when they push you away and, and things like that i and you know he you know really you know that was a moment for him when talking about how that relationship you know really struck a chord with him uh the relationship between han and and kylo kylo ben as i'll call him (laughs) but uh (laughs) but uh how that you know that difficult relationship and the the desire to um you know when when kylo you know calls han dad Mm -hmm. And, you know, is trying to, to tell him something. And then Han, you know, comes back with the, I know, you know, as 
which was a callback to Leia. Oh, but, so good. I love it. But it was it was a touching moment too, you know, that how hard it is for men to express those things. Mm-hmm. And that relationship is something that, you know, a lot of, you know, fathers and sons go through and trying to how do I express myself and how do I, you know, how how can I do this and feeling awkward and those sorts of things. Good stuff. Yeah, I think this is a uh, good place to stop our expressing ourselves. Um, yes, there's so much more to express about. But. So much more, um, but it uh, it is about that time. So, Will, what are you geeking out about right now? Uh, well, I, I, it is a good time to be a Star Wars fan, at least in my my point of view in terms of this the 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 movie and the wrap-up but also the debut of disney plus and the mandalorian and baby yoda and all that could happen with disney plus whether it's with marvel um and the geeky things but but also there's things coming up like a new season of the clone wars animated there's talk of uh, an obi-wan live action tv show where they might be casting a young luke there on tatooine kind of an episodic TV of, of what Obi-Wan was doing on Tatooine. I think the medium is there and they'll continue to tell stories uh, about Star Wars, whether it's in the gaps or big, big kind of uh, trilogy saga movies, but it's a good time to, even the comic books, even what Marvel's putting out with Star Wars comics, they rebooted with a new number one kind of filling in the gaps of what happened right after uh, the Empire Strikes Back. So there are these gap, these year or two year or three year gaps between the movies that they fill in uh, with comics or books that are they're really cool. So I'm geeking out on on that stuff. So there's no shortage. Uh, it's not over. Star Wars is not over. We're gonna keep moving forward with a ton of stuff. And I will mention one more comic book. Mm-hmm. I was reading and wrapped up. Um, Marvel put out a history of the Marvel universe um, by Mark Wade and the uh, um, artist is just incredible. I think it's Javier Rodriguez. He uh, did the art and they just wrapped up the, the six issue arc and I'm sure it'll be out in a hardback or a trade pretty soon. But if you want to binge the Marvel universe in a comic book world, it is a great graphic novel visually and and with words how to how to put the marvel universe in its, its history really good keep a lookout for that nice jennifer what are you geeking out about right now well i just <laughs> i just finished <laughs> i just finished can i stop I can i stop now what do you want can i stop <laughs> now Come on. So I actually had a friend who's been watching me sort of do this on social media who said, please watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. So I'm starting now. Mm, yeah. But I, nice. I would really like to go back through Marvel. Because mm. um, I haven't, I mean, I've, I've seen them all once, right? That's not how you guys, or maybe, I don't know, I shouldn't say speak for you. It seems like geeks are uh, likely to watch something more than once and over many years and let's watch that again. And you sort of dig into that in a different way than I have. And so I, um, I just really binged that fast. I just went through them. I mean, I took my notes, but um, I would love to go back through um, that Marvel universe or at least cinematic universe again. They're there on Disney plus waiting, just waiting. Nice. 
<laughs> I know. Alright. Sam, what about you? Uh, finally got in, was able to get started on The Mandalorian. I'm really enjoying that. Um, I I like the 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 plot of it. I love I love I like the characters. I like uh, the just the the feel of it in terms of like it doesn't feel like it's a totally CGI right. world. Um, there's so much kind of practical and you know just adding to this stuff you know is is a lot of fun. Um, so that that's been good. And I I do just want to add that. Babu Frick wow. is now my favorite character. Yes. And you know that who voiced that? You know who voiced he, that? Babu that Frick was pretty alias? awesome. It was, I think, Moni um, yeah. Myrtle from the uh, Harry Potter series. She was brought in to do the voice. Oh, uh, I did so uh, read that, yes. Cool. Yeah, yeah Babu Frick, pretty awesome. Can you, Brian? Well, I'll... All, well, all I can say when it comes to that is uh, toss a coin to your witcher, <laughs> oh, valley of plenty. Um, I really like The Witcher. I really wasn't sure how that was going to go. And uh, I am thankful that I read um, before I started watching it that there are two timelines that are actually happening. Um, and in my head, I had them backwards from what they really ended up being, but they've, they finally starting to converge and, um, wow. Do I really like it? Mm. Um, uh, this is my favorite mm. role I've seen Henry Cavill in. Um, he's so good. And the, uh, like the, the combat scenes, the, the sword fighting. This is on Netflix, right? Great. This is on Netflix. So love it. Um, this is a Netflix. Yeah. yeah, this is a Netflix uh, show. It is. Uh, it's right. Uh, most folks know Witcher as the video game, but it was a uh, novel series oh, cool. uh, before that, which is what the video games are based on. And uh, did you read this the is a distillation of Brian? sort of all that? And uh, so no, uh, I I read the, like the first chapter of the first novel. Um, Mainly because I had uh, borrowed it from the library on my uh, tablet, and then I, it just didn't. It, it was the wrong time to tr start yeah. trying to read it, and other stuff going on. But uh, uh, the characters uh, on on it, the uh, the whole notion, ambition, and um, you know, uh, friendship and good and evil just mm -hmm. so much it's so rich yeah the whole the, uh, i love it the, the interesting thing in there you know it's talking about you know that he's constantly being asked to make make a bad choice and he's like i am not going you know i just <laughs> choose not to make a choice at all if you know between two right bad when options. when when given the choice between uh the greater or lesser evil I won't choose and walks away from it. Mm -hmm. It was great. It was a, it's a good, sorry, not to spoil anything for anyone, it's not but that much of a that, that's early on. It's, it's really not, but it's, it's early on. Um, and then, yeah, that it's was, on my list. that was very it's good. On my list, like a, okay. So very good. Okay. There's a lot there. Um, probably end up talking about that on yeah, an episode. I got the too, game, so though. I haven't, I haven't, but I haven't started it yet. So that could be a good, a good topic down the road. 
Indeed. Very good. Well, uh, Pastor Jennifer, thank you so much for being with us. Um, I I really love that you uh, you brought an, uh, an eye to this from uh, I'm going to binge it all and look at it. And uh, mm -hmm. so thanks for that work. Yeah, very much. <laughs> so I, I really I, I'm really impressed and I and I love what you what you brought to it. And uh, so, uh, so thankful that you uh, spent a little bit of time with us. Yeah, thanks. It's been, and uh, you never could have told me last year that I would be on a podcast about <laughs> geek uh, anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you know? Uh, God calls us to unexpected places. Yeah. So, thanks, but uh, Will, as always, thank you. Uh, for the uh, joining us again, you are uh, one of our biggest friends of the All podcast right. that we know we can always turn to it. to talk to about stuff. So, thanks for joining us as well, uh, Sam. This is another episode mm -hmm. in the books. How about that first so. one of 2020? <laughs> first one of 2020. Is that Bob hey! Frick? I think I heard. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> hey! All right. Well, uh, I think that is everything. Uh, and friends, as always, geek be with you. And with you. <laughs> and also.